Hello, everybody. My name is Will, and I am very excited to be welcoming you back to another episode of the Tuamest podcast, created and produced by the Student Alumni Council here at the University of British Columbia Vancouver campus. I would like to acknowledge that the UBC Vancouver campus is located on the traditional, ancestral, and unceded territory of the Hunkaminam-speaking Musqueam people. I would also like to recognize that you today, our listeners, may be joining us from places near and far, and so I would like to acknowledge the traditional caretakers and owners of those lands as well. I am very excited to be introducing to you today Professor Deborah Buzzard, who is the current Interim Vice Chancellor and President of UBC. Professor Buzzard and I touch on a number of different topics, including the role of academia in community, her experience on both the Vancouver and Okanagan campuses, and what it's really like to be the UBC president. So without further ado, I am thrilled to present to you Professor Deborah Buzzard. All right. It's so lovely to have you here with me, Dr. Buzzard. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you for inviting me. Yeah, we're super happy to have you here on this snowy day at the end of February. But um, without further ado, uh, we want to recognize that you're very busy and uh, make sure we can value your time. And so we'll just get right into a couple questions here for you. So firstly, we'll start off with some basics of your, your term as the uh, interim vice chancellor and president here at UBC Vancouver. So I think something that myself and a couple other students want to know is when did you actually get started with this? Um, well, I got a call, I would say, in uh, September mm -hmm. um, uh, from the chair of the board who let me know that um, they were thinking that I might be a um, suitable person to take on the in interim role of, mm -hmm. of president. And I happened to be away on vacation camping. Um, <laughs> so it was, it was a surprise call. Yeah. But uh, we, we had a conversation and I could understand that this was, uh, firstly, it's a great honor to be invited to take on the role. And uh, it's something that I could do to give back to UBC. Mm -hmm, absolutely. And another question, and some more basics. When is the official end of your term as the interim vice chancellor and president? Well, I think we agreed that notionally I was uh, going to serve for up to a year. Mm -hmm. But, you know, uh, the search has begun. Mm -hmm. You may have seen there have been invitations to have input to the search. Yeah. Uh, consultations are going on. Uh, there is a committee that's working to uh, identify suitable candidates. Mm -hmm. And I'm very hopeful that if they do their work, they'll find a wonderful new president, um, maybe by the summer. Oh, very exciting. And, um, you know, hopefully that person will want to come on board as soon as they can. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Awesome. Um, a little bit more of a deeper question then as well. Kind of wondering... What led you into this career path? Because obviously you are you have achieved your doctorate and have taught for I believe for a few years as well. And so I'd love to know kind of what has led you into this path path of uh, university administration. Oh, that well, that's a really interesting question because I actually think that um, firstly I I've loved the jobs I've had along the way. Mm -hmm. It's been a wonderful academic adventure. But I do think that um, people should think about university careers because it's fascinating. I did my uh, doctorate in a subject that I really liked, uh, which is in horticulture. Ooh. And I was very lucky to have an opportunity to do it basically as a co-op mm -hmm. between the university and an industry partner. And this was an amazing experience because it really opened my mind mm -hmm. to the field that I was working in, which is agricultural. 
And um, yeah, so I, so I finished my degree and I was offered a job as an assistant professor at McGill in okay. agriculture. Uh, and I was there for a long time. I became the dean of agriculture. Mm-hmm. And uh, I really, I really loved that role. It was a, an opportunity to really understand the role of the faculty and mm-hmm. our students and alumni in the world doing the agricultural production and research that people were doing. And uh, I, I very much enjoyed my time as dean. And then I finished that. And uh, my husband and I decided we'd take a bit of an adventure and we went to Dalhousie. Yeah. Uh, he took a role in administration and I took a role as a professor. Mm-hmm. I spent six lovely years at Dal mm-hmm. doing all Beautiful sorts school. of interesting things. And then I was, um, I was lucky enough to find the next adventure as the principal of UBC Okanagan. Mm-hmm. And um, that's really what has led me to here. But it's been a wonderful journey. Mm-hmm. What kind of um, role did being the principal of UBC Okanagan entail? What is how is that different, maybe, from a role similar to that at UBCO or UBC Vancouver? And is there kind of like an equivalent, maybe? Yeah. So you know, probably most of your uh, student listeners won't really understand perhaps the governance of UBC, but there is mm-hmm. a. Uh, it's one university, mm-hmm. University of British Columbia, and there are two campuses, and each has its own academic governance. So mm. there's a senate on each, and um, each has uh, provost and deans and faculties, rather like here, but on the other campus. And for me, it was a very exciting opportunity to join what was then a very new campus of UBC. Yeah. It was uh, seven years old when I joined it. Wow. And to be part of helping build it up to be a big research campus and to grow into what it was designed to be. Mm-hmm. And, and UBC Okanagan is quite uh, distinct in its character. Um, and it is unique in Canada in being a university campus that was founded with a partnership agreement with the indigenous host nation, the Okanagan nation. Mm-hmm. So it's got deep indigenous roots. And uh, that for me was something very new. Um, and it was wonderful to be part of what that meant for the eight years that I was there. Absolutely. I myself actually grew up in, in Kelowna a lot as well. And so I spent a lot of time on that campus as well. And I can definitely attest to what you're saying. It's a beautiful and unique campus that is very different from the UBC Vancouver campus that we're on right now, but yeah. still has that, that same theme of, of, uh, that UBC has of you know, excellence in academia and exploring the outdoors. Yeah, you know, that. so that was what appealed to me was the idea of here is one of Canada's great hundred-year-old research universities mm-hmm. that's got the um, capacity to imagine a whole new campus Absolutely. and to have it develop with its own academic character, uh, its relationship with its host community and, you know, the whole Okanagan region, and then to benefit from being part of the bigger UBC. Mm-hmm. And that was really the, that, that clinched it for me as an exciting opportunity to be part of that. Absolutely. It's a very unique opportunity because I can't think of any other major universities no. in Canada or maybe even North America that have a separate campus like we do. So it must have been a, a unique opportunity, which kind of leads me into some more questions I have for you about what your time was actually like at the UBC Okanagan campus. Maybe you could count for us maybe a couple or, or one if there's one that sticks out or maybe multiple yeah. of your favorite memories at UBC Okanagan. 
Well, you know, I'll say coming from the East and the universities I'd been at, I really was not, um, I think I wasn't sort of prepared to really understand what it would mean to be a university that was um, embraced and very active uh, with the host nation and to see um, how we could really take important actions towards truth and reconciliation. So mm -hmm. there's a wonderful um, access program for indigenous students there. Um, and the AVP students, a gentleman called Ian Cull, uh, he was truly a leader in developing the supports. And he always said, you know, it's not that the indigenous students need help. It's that we need to make the institution a place where they can succeed. Absolutely. And he led that at UBCO. So he was one of the great highlights. Mm -hmm. um, I think another for me was to understand how much more we could do when we collaborated and when we mm. worked with, for example, Okanagan College, which is also yeah. in Kelowna and has little campuses in other parts of the region too. And so we worked with them and um, we developed seamless transitions for professional programs like engineering, education, nursing, uh, social work, mm -hmm. where students could come from the region through the college and it made it more accessible yeah. and open. And we did that by partnering. And we did the same sorts of things, but on a more research focus with the other universities in the interior, which is um, University of Northern British Columbia mm -hmm. and Thompson Rivers University. Yeah. So for me, it was a, an exercise in understanding how we could have more impact. Mm -hmm. And I think it's because the campus was small and you, it, we needed to we needed to partner to make things happen. Absolutely. So that was a that was a highlight for me. I think that is something that a lot of students think about when they're choosing a university as well is if you're choosing UBC Okanagan over UBC Vancouver, or if you want to choose one or the other, what is the difference in experience going to be like mm. of um, UBC Okanagan being a much smaller campus, obviously, that experience must be very different for those students. Um, and I'm wondering, like, if you can maybe compare and contrast a little bit, because it is one university, one campus, and I would never, I don't, I don't think you could possibly say one is better than the other in any, in any way, but I'm wondering if there are some distinct differences you've noticed. Well, yes, I mean, certainly there are. Uh, scale, of course, is, yeah. is a big difference. So, you know, the big advantages of being on this campus, of course, are much broader choices of programs mm -hmm. and classes, mm -hmm. much, much bigger choices, much bigger faculties. Mm -hmm. um, on the other hand, on the other side of it, you have that in the Okanagan, generally smaller classes yeah. um, uh, and a more intimate community where you'll get to know more of the people on campus. Uh, I find this campus is, um, you know, it's, it's, quite, it's quite big yeah. and intimidating to find your way around, mm -hmm. I think. Uh, but I think that the, the quality and the diversity of programs here is unmatched. It's really Absolutely. unique here. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I think that a lot of students might start at one even and decide maybe something else is better at it. Mm -hmm. Like they prefer the other campus for whatever reason. Some some students realize that the scale of the UBC Vancouver campus isn't what they were looking for in their uni university journey and might decide that UBC Okanagan is a better fit for them. That's right. And I think, you know, I think that is another real benefit of UBC that we have that diversity and the 
um, you know, the overall quality of UBC and the commitment to an excellent university experience mm -hmm. and the capacity to understand that that can be different. And as you say, for some students, they may want to, you know, spend some time on both campuses. Yeah. And um, incidentally, I'm, I'm really hopeful that as we've now learned that we can do some things remotely mm -hmm. during COVID, yeah. um, I'm hoping that we can look forward to a UBC where perhaps it'll be easier for students to take a little bit of one campus with a larger piece of another and perhaps think of more exchange between the campuses. Absolutely. As a student who grew up in, in Kelowna and now studies here in Vancouver, I, I think that would be an amazing idea. And obviously the, the logistics of that might take some time to work out. But like you were saying about your time in UBC Okanagan, about the, how collaboration can lead to such great achievement and can lead to lots of yeah. awesome experiences yeah. and learning. I think that collab more collaboration between the two campuses would also yeah. further enhance the student experience in academia and in, and in the community as well. And, you, you know, I think I think a big piece of that, something that I've thought about is, wouldn't it be great if, say, you were studying, um, you know, science in UBC Vancouver, mm -hmm. and there was an opportunity for you to do a summer semester on, let's say, desert ecology mm -hmm. based in the Okanagan, yeah. or vice versa, you were studying uh, engineering in the Okanagan, and maybe you could do a summer semester here on uh, something that was uniquely like marine engineering or some Absolutely. other area that took advantage of the geographic mm -hmm. and cultural differences in the two. Um, and I think that would be an attractive option for students to have a taste Absolutely. Yeah. I think that we're in a, a unique position as the UBC umbrella, having these two very different campuses to offer that experience that, yeah. frankly, it would be very difficult to find that almost anywhere else in the world where you can have that seamless transition even maybe I between campuses so. one day. And, you know, I think um, my my um, experience elsewhere and my experience now on both campuses at UBC tells mm -hmm. me that we have a really unique focus on the student experience mm -hmm. and what that's like. And you just look on this campus and see facilities like the nest and the aquatic center and yeah. the library spaces and so on. And you realize how fortunate we are to have the kind of facilities we have. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I think the residences, I mean, the beautiful residences and the food services. Absolutely. Yeah, I've, I've lived in residence a number of years in first year residences and upper year residences. And we have the largest residence system in all of North America. And that is a truly unique opportunity for students to get to experience that. And I, I feel lucky for one to have experienced it as well. And I'm wondering as well, if you could maybe, if you feel comfortable chatting a little bit about how UBC is maybe similar to or, or different to other institutions you've worked at, because you experienced, you mentioned a little bit of time at, at Dalhousie yeah. as well. And I'm wondering if there's any kind of like highlights of things you've maybe brought over from those experiences and learned mm -hmm. at, th at those universities that you thought, ah, oh, I would love to implement this here at UBC or UBC Okanagan. What I think is similar between these universities, firstly, UBC is very young compared to both McGill and Dalhousie. Mm -hmm. Dalhousie is almost, I think, 300 years old. McGill is 200 years old. Wow. Um, and UBC is really a baby at mm -hmm. only 100 years old. And mm -hmm. it aspires to be a truly world-class university mm -hmm. in terms of the impact it has. And uh, so when we think about the impact of a university, there's, there's two things, really. Uh, there is really the work of the graduates of the university. When you graduate and go out into the world, what you do with your life, your career, the way you live, um, that's your contribution to the future of the world. Mm -hmm. And we've helped you, I hope, 
find <laughs> your way into doing that. And so that's a, the first way that universities can change the world. Mm -hmm. The other way is through the research that's done at the university by professors and graduate students. So when I think of universities and that impact, and I think of um, places that are older, like McGill and Dalhousie, mm -hmm. they've got a longer history of that impact. Yeah. So UBC is really at the beginning of that long journey. Mm -hmm. And there are universities in the world that are more than 900 years old. Uh, so we've got a ways to go. Absolutely. But the impact that we're having and the way that we are preparing students to live lives of purpose and make the world a better place, I think signals that UBC is really on an excellent track mm -hmm. to grow up to be a really great internationally renowned world-class university. Absolutely. And I think that you, you're coming from a very, very unique position of having seen universities that are quite literally several hundred years ahead of us. And that's interesting to see, uh, to hear your perspective on that. And it makes me excited to see the future of UBC as a, as a future alumni as well. Like what yeah. will, what will future alumni, maybe myself, what will future students accomplish here? Um, and yeah. with the with all the stuff we've been talking about in regard to collaboration and the unique opportunities that UBC provides, I think leaves me very excited to see what happens next. Yeah. Well, you know, the, 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 the impact of UBC will be seen through the lives of the alumni and the way they influence and grow their communities, their mm. disciplines, their professions, their families. That's where the impact of UBC will be. A little bit more about your time here, specifically at UBC Vancouver. Um, I'm wondering a bit about what your priorities have been as the current interim president and vice mm -hmm. chancellor. Well, you know, an interim president, it's a, it's a short-term gig. Mm -hmm. um, and so I come in uh, following Santa and I'm, uh, I spent the first couple of months really getting to um, – re-know the team. Remember, I was a member of, of Santa Ono's executive myself mm -hmm. until I retired in 2020. Yeah. So um, I'd been around the executive table, but my colleagues had all lived through uh, the COVID years. And mm -hmm. so I had a lot to learn and understand about where we were and what the issues are for the university. So my role as the interim president is really to support the executive in their work okay. and to keep the university moving forward mm -hmm. and to advance our initiatives, the strategic plans, the um, various programs we have going, and to make sure that the university doesn't skip a beat yeah. in this interim period. And, um, you know, you could think of it also that I'm I hope we make the university look very attractive mm -hmm. to whoever's out there looking at the next presidency. Absolutely. Yeah. I think you, you touched on an interesting note as well there about that the, UB, the UBC plan or the plans for the future of this university go far beyond the time that either of us will be here at this university. Um, there are currently plans for UBC 2050 and our impact, our, right. um, the way we've contributed to that will play a, a role in how yeah. the university looks 30 years from now. And so... Mm -hmm. um, I'm wondering as well, do you ever feel that as the interim president or just as a single person at UBC, like it's hard to make a change? Uh, making change is one of the hardest things in the world, for yeah. sure. Uh, and it changes, uh, you know, when you 
work in an institution like a university, you will know that um, it takes a long time. Mm-hmm. And the, hard, the, the ideas are relatively easy to come up with. Yeah. And then it's pushing it along and doing all of the, um, you know, the grunt work to yeah. actually make the, whether it's rule changes, whether it's building something, whether it's hiring people, these take a long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's why I say that I'm really hoping to help the um, executive team not skip a beat yeah. on those initiatives that they already have in play, and to make sure, for example, that the plans for 2050 keep moving ahead in the way that we need them to move ahead. Absolutely. It must be um, occasionally maybe a daunting role as well. I will say it is quite a a daunting role, and Mm -hmm. the job itself is, uh, you know, it's 24-7. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. (laughs) I... I, um admire your, your dedication to it as well. I know, like you said, it's a 24-7 job. You never know when something's going to come up. And when you're in a role of leadership as well, there are there are great wins for the team. But often when things don't go to plan, I understand that usually falls to the, that usually falls on the shoulder of the leader. And so I understand it might, must sometimes not be an entirely thankless or it might, uh, it might be a thankless position sometimes as well. Yeah. Well, that, you know, that is, that is part of the role of that, that leadership position Absolutely. is to be a voice for the university, to be where the buck stops. Yeah. So, yeah, the good and the bad, the glorious and the not so glorious mm-hmm. uh, typically end up in the president's office. Absolutely. Must be an, an interesting experience, but maybe also I'm sure it feels as a, as a privilege as well to be invited into this this community and to to see the lives of students change because at the end of the day, like you said, the buck stops with you. Yeah, um, those tough decisions fall yeah. on your desk at the end of the day, and it, it it's difficult, but there is a um, it's a fulfillment, I'm guessing, maybe yeah. that comes with that as well. You know, one of the most yeah, you're absolutely right. Um, one of the most wonderful, and I, I will say when I when I first arrived uh, in the middle of October. Um, I was presented with a schedule of meetings and, you know, obligations, things to be done. Mm-hmm. And I hadn't had any say in any of these. I just fell into the yeah. um, the role in the office. And I came in, and one of the first things that was pointed out to me was that we were going to have uh, 33 graduation ceremonies. <laughs> now, that's way outside the normal number for full grad. It's typically yes. about eight ceremonies. Mm-hmm. But we were doing 23, which were catch-up ceremonies for students who had graduated, finished their studies during COVID. And UBC had um, decided that it would make the option of coming back and actually walking across the stage mm-hmm. um, and having your family there and whatever, um, mm-hmm. it would make that available to students. And the uptake was amazing. Yeah. And I have to say, coming in in my first sort of week and realizing how much work there was to do, <laughs> that I wasn't sure about that commitment of time yeah. because it's a lot of time. And um, But once I got into it and I mm-hmm. went to the first ceremony and I saw the families and wow. the students and saw them after the ceremony when they were outside by the flagpole and all of the things that grads do, yeah. I realized how important that was mm-hmm. and what a wonderful, amazing and unexpected opportunity for me that was. And I think I 
um, looked well over 10,000 students in the eye as they walked across the stage. Mm -hmm. It was a phenomenal experience. Wow. It was quite lovely. And to see their families. Yeah. You know. the, the emotion that comes with that yeah. is very powerful. Yeah. It was great. And what kudos to UBC for making that happen. That was not an easy logistic th logistical uh, feat to pull off, I'll no, say that much. No, sure. there was a lot of work went into it. But yeah. as I say, um, way beyond my expectation. And uh, mm -hmm. I was just very proud and honored to be able to be a, a small part of that. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. Um, I'm also wondering about what are you most excited for with the remaining you know, months that are left in your presidency? Wow, what am I excited for? Well, um, you know, I am enjoying the, because I've, I've always enjoyed the long-term strategy piece of universities and I'm fascinated by budget and how we drive priorities with budget in the university. Mm -hmm. And so I'm quite excited to see where this new 2050 plan will go. I know there's been a lot of discussion. Um, I'm very excited to see what we can do with um, program development and, you know, the new opportunities that are out there are expansion of the programming in the Okanagan and the building of the downtown campus there. Yeah. And, you know, the potential for what we might do in the future in Surrey. Yes, of um, course. Probably in partnership with other universities in the region. Oh, that's very cool and as well. And so I think that there are lots of exciting things that I can be a part of. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, I have to understand in the back of my mind that I'm going to be passing them on to someone. So uh, mm -hmm. hopefully I'm working, I'm looking forward to working to getting things into a good shape for the next president. Absolutely. It's an interesting um, moment to be in where you know you might not get to see during your during your term here the, the fruits of your labor, but to be leaving that legacy still. Yeah. You know, I, I, when, when I was at UBC Okanagan, we did a long-term campus plan. Mm -hmm. And uh, I knew then, you know, that I would not be in the role to see that developed. So I know yeah. what that feels like. But it's really, uh, given my, my feeling about the importance and the long-term role of universities, it's a wonderful mm -hmm. thing to be part of it. Absolutely. Just to, you know, see it out there. And it was almost sort of like you see a, you see a kid coming along and then you watch it grow. And yeah. I won't be here to see, you know, and be involved with what it's like when it's 30 years old, but mm -hmm. it's all happening. And it's going to be a it's going to be uh, a wonderful thing to observe. And when I'm finished this role and back into my retirement, <laughs> uh, retirement part two, I think um, <laughs> I will enjoy looking on and watching what's happening. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, I'm excited to see it as well from a different perspective, but congratulations on part two of retirement coming up. I'm, I'm happy for you. Um, another question as well. I'm wondering a bit about, we, we talked a bit about what it was like to, to look students in the eye as they were graduating, but I'm, I know you've gotten the opportunity to connect, to connect with not only to graduating and, and, and students who have already graduated, but also maybe first year students as well and students who are involved in a variety of different communities here on campus. I'm wondering what your experience has been like connecting with those with that diverse range of students? Yes. Well, you know, it's been great. And one of the things I wanted to do immediately I came on board was to meet with the, um, with AMS and the Graduate Student Society mm -hmm. and, you know, various other student groups. And I should note that I'm actually living in a student residence. Uh, so cool. I see students every day. Yeah. Um, 
But I really wanted to understand what priorities are. And mm -hmm. we are very blessed to have student leaders who are really committed to their um, their role in making the university a better place. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that engagement, and it sort of goes two ways. So I know that um, Ainsley Carey, the VP students, works mm -hmm. very closely. And typically when I've been meeting with students, you know, it's he and I together. Yeah. Um, I've been over to see the work that's going on rebuilding the Graduate Student Center, uh, which is down in the Kerner building area. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm excited to see all these projects going ahead. I know students have concerns about affordability mm -hmm. uh, and, you know, the accessibility of the university. And I think we all share those. Yeah. And we're working very hard to try to make sure that we can provide the kind of su financial support to enable students not to have barriers to study and success. Um, but yes, I find them great partners and very dedicated to the university. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad to hear as a student as well that um, the concerns of students are also at the forefront of your mind and, the, and of the rest of the administration as well. Um, and it's also lovely to hear that you find the, the student body to be excellent collaborators as well. I feel so privileged and so lucky to be a part of the institution that is UBC, but also the student body that is UBC and be a part of student yeah. leadership and student activism. Yeah. It's a, a memory that I'll look back on fondly yeah. and something that I'm really proud and happy to be a part of right now. And, you know, you just look around UBC campus here itself, um, and, and to an extent, but it's lesser because it's much younger in the Okanagan. But if you look mm -hmm. at the campus here, you can see so much on campus that's actually been built yes. by student activism Absolutely. over time, you know, and that's really amazing. Yeah. Well, absolutely. It's a, a total... It's a pillar of the UBC student experience, I think, and that's something that every UBC student will experience mm. at some point during their degree is being involved in activism, whether it be sustainability or affordability, accessibility, yeah. anything like that. It's yeah. um, a great a great thing to learn during your time yeah. at university, and I feel very privileged to be involved in it as well. And I mean, obviously, you know, you're involved mm -hmm. as a person, you're engaged here now, but yeah. um, as a student, I think you get so much more out of the experience when you're not just sort of a passenger yeah. in the experience, but you're engaged in student governance or clubs or the residence life or whatever you choose, sports, you know. Mm -hmm. it, yeah. It's just, Absolutely. It's, it's a special time in your life when you, uh, you know, you have the opportunity and so many choices, mm -hmm. right? It's the paradox of choice sometimes can be overwhelming, but um, when, yeah. when you when you move ahead with any sort of plan at UVC, I feel like you're almost guaranteed to to have a, a great experience in some way. You yeah. know, there's so much to learn, um, whether it be in the classroom or whether it be through some sort of activism and going to protests or going to student club meetings. I think there's the learning that goes on at, at UBC in particular goes far beyond the walls of the lecture hall in my experience. Yeah. Which is, which is, you know, it's, and that's really fortunate because life is not just about whatever your discipline is, right? Absolutely. I mean, if you just graduated knowing only about, you know, engineering or history, mm -hmm. that would be a much lesser experience if, than if you'd had an opportunity to engage in trying to get something changed on campus. Absolutely, yeah. Mm -hmm. 
Thank you so much for sharing those insights and, and for sharing your experience as well. I know it must be um, a busy day to day for you. So I, I really appreciate you taking taking the time out of your schedule to, to carve out a quick minute to chat with us as well. I know the, the Student Alumni Council appreciates it and um, the student body also appreciates hearing from you and hearing these thoughts and knowing that you're, you're sharing our concerns about the university but are also excited about the things that we're excited about is really ex- exciting to hear. And it's nice to hear that from our leader. So well, thank you so much for taking the time. Thank you very much. Of it's, course. It's been a real pleasure. Of course. Before I uh, send you off, we've got a brief gift here uh, for you on behalf of the Student Alumni Council. You feel free to open it. Uh, for those oh. of you listening, it's just a little, it's a little travel mug with the Student Alumni Council uh, logo on it. But oh, it's perfect. also uh, completely one of a kind, unique. There is no other one like this in existence. So you are the only, uh, you are the sole owner of this travel mug. I, we hope pray, you enjoy pray it. Pray tell, how did you get a unique travel mug? Hey, that on. secret is we're going to hold that close to our chests, but it's, <laughs> it's a one of a kind. Maybe I made it by hand, I can't say. Um, but yes, that is all well, yours. And as far as handcrafted travel mugs go, this is absolutely awesome. Thank you, <laughs> thank you so much. I will I'm, use it with pride. I'm so glad. <laughs> and yeah. thank you again so much, and, Dr. Buzzard. I really appreciate it. Can Can I just close by saying that, um, uh, you know, the most important and impactful piece of the university is its alumni. Mm -hmm. They are the force. They are the way that a university has its impact on the world. So kudos for you as a student to get involved already with the alumni movement. Mm -hmm. But really, that is how UBC has its impact. Mm -hmm. And and you will be that impact. Absolutely. Yeah. So thank you. Thank you so much for, for that, uh, that little piece of wisdom. I appreciate it. I know the students listening appreciate it. Um, and the Student Alumni Council is one of those ways that students can get involved. And so I appreciate yeah. you that little shout out yeah, as well. A little, a little uh, dig for the company. Yeah. Thank, <laughs> thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode of the 2MS podcast. To stay up to date with our latest episodes, please follow us on Spotify or stay in touch with us on Instagram at UBCSAC. We'll see you next time.